Hello and welcome to Giants of the Faith, episode 71, and Merry Christmas! I'm recording this episode in December 2023 and Christmas is fast approaching. So, in honor of this festive season, today's episode will focus on the history and stories surrounding two men that have become part of our Christmas tradition in the West. One, Boniface, as most famous as the bringer of the Christmas tree, and the other, Wenceslaus, for his noble act of kindness. Boniface was born in England maybe Wessex or Devon, maybe even Ireland, around the year 675. His birth name was Winfred. Not much is known about his family, but they were supposedly of somewhat noble birth, and Winfred was intended for a life in the law or some other secular pursuit. The story goes that he was drawn to the religious life after a group of missionary monks guessed it at the family home when Winfred was only five years old. Winfred was captivated by these monks and desired to enter religious life himself. His father disapproved and he forbade it. But that all changed when Winfred became gravely ill and his father saw the sickness as punishment from God for not allowing Winfred to enter church service. At age 13, Winfred was sent to school at Exminster where he entered service as a Benedictine monk. He was ordained as a priest at about age 30 and was given a commission by the Archbishop of Canterbury to travel to Friesland, which is today in the northern part of the Netherlands, and evangelize the pagan tribes there. Winfred failed, but when he returned, he was chosen as abbot of his monastery anyway, and Winfred's heart for the pagans in Europe was still open. So in 1718, he went to Rome to seek the Pope's approval to evangelize the Germanic tribes. Apparently, the Pope was pleased enough to receive Winfred, and in 1723, he was made bishop, and commissioned to evangelize the regions of Hesse, Franconia, Thuringia, and Bavaria. The Pope also changed his name from Winfred to Boniface, which means doer of good. The newly named Boniface made several missionary journeys where he preached the gospel, planted churches, and confronted the local customs and superstitions. He also reformed the Frankish church, which was plagued by corruption and heresy. He established monasteries, including the Abbey of Fulda, schools and dioceses, and he appointed local bishops that were loyal to Rome. Now, one of the most famous episodes of his life, and why he's featured in this episode of this podcast, was when he cut down the sacred Oak of Thor at Geismar. The Oak of Thor, also known as the Thunder Oak, was an old, very large tree that served as the center of a religious ceremony for the pagans in that region. In winter, people from all around would gather at the tree and sacrifice a child to seek Thor's blessing. Now, Boniface knew he must do something about this practice to break the stranglehold that paganism had on these people. So, one winter he arrived at the gathering with a group of missionaries. He wanted to show that the tree had no power, and that Thor was a false god. The pagans believed that Thor would strike down anyone that messed with that oak. So Boniface knew he needed to do something drastic. So he and his fellow missionaries cut the tree down. He used the wood from that oak to build a chapel dedicated to St. Peter, showing the power of Christ over the false gods. Boniface encouraged the people toward Christianity by using the common fir tree as a metaphor for the gospel. Pointing to a fir that grew in the shadow of the thunder oak, he said, This little tree, 
a young child of the forest, shall be your holy tree tonight. It is the wood of peace. It is the sign of an endless life, for its leaves are evergreen. See how it points upward to heaven? Let this be called the tree of the Christ child. Gather about it, not in the wild wood, but in your own homes. There it will shelter no deeds of blood, but loving gifts and rites of kindness. And that, supposedly, is where the fir tree came into practice in the Christian religion. And it's the origination of the Christmas tree tradition that comes to us from Europe. Boniface was martyred on June 5, 754, near Dockham in Frisia. He was preparing to confirm a large group of converts when he and his companions were attacked by a band of armed pagans. He told his followers not to resist, saying, Cease, my sons, from fighting. Give up warfare, for the witness of Scripture recommends that we do not give an eye for an eye, but rather good for evil. Here is the long-awaited day. The time of our end has now come. Courage in the Lord. He then took a book of the Gospels and held it over his head as a shield. The pagans struck him down and killed him and about 52 others. His body was taken to Fulda, where he had founded a monastery, and was buried in the cathedral. His book of the Gospels, stained with his blood, is supposedly still preserved as a relic. Boniface is venerated as a saint and a martyr by the Catholic, Orthodox, Anglican, and Lutheran churches. He's the patron saint of Germany, the Netherlands, and Devon, and he is also considered one of the founders of Western civilization, as he shaped the culture, politics, and religion of much of medieval Europe. He was a giant of the faith who left a lasting impact on the world for Christ. Now you've surely heard of our next subject, Wenceslas, from the famous Christmas carol, Good King Wenceslas which tells the story of how he went out on a cold winter night to help a poor peasant. But who was Wenceslas, and why is he considered a giant of the faith? Wenceslas was born around the year 907 in Prague, the capital of Bohemia, a region that is now part of the Czech Republic. His father, Vratislas, was the Duke of Bohemia, and his mother, Dragomir, was the daughter of a pagan chief. His grandmother, Ludmilla, was a devout Christian who had been converted by the missionaries Cyril and Methodius, who brought Christianity to the Slavic peoples. Wenceslas was raised by his grandmother, who taught him the old Slavonic languages and the Christian faith. She also arranged for him to be educated at the College of Budweis, yes, that same Budweis where the famous beer gets its name, where he learned Latin, Greek, and German. Wenceslas grew up to be a pious, humble, and generous young man who loved God and his people. When he was about 13 years old, his father died, and his mother became the regent of Bohemia. She was hostile to Christianity, however, and favored the pagan factions in the country. She also resented the influence that Ludmilla had over Wenceslas, so she plotted to have her killed. In 921, Ludmilla was strangled by assassins hired by Dragomir while she was praying in her castle. Wenceslas was deeply grieved by the death of his grandmother and vowed to honor her memory by following her example. He also decided to take control of the government with the support of the Christian nobles who had rebelled against his mother. He banished Dragomir from the court and became the Prince of Bohemia. As the ruler of Bohemia, Wenceslas faced many challenges and enemies. He had to deal with the raids of the Magyars, which were a nomadic people from the east, He also had to deal with the pressure of the German king, Henry the Fowler, who wanted to expand his influence over the neighboring lands. Wenceslas tried to maintain peace and independence, 
by forming alliances with other Christian rulers, such as the Bavarian Duke Arnulf. Wenceslas was also a reformer and a builder. He strengthened the church in Bohemia by establishing bishoprics, monasteries, and churches, and he promoted education and culture by supporting the use of the Slavonic language and the Cyrillic alphabet. He was known for his charity and justice by helping the poor, the widows, and orphans. He also respected the rights and customs of his subjects, regardless of their religion or ethnicity. The most famous story about Wenceslas is the one that inspired the Christmas Carol. According to legend, on the feast day of St. Stephen, who was the first martyr, which happens to fall on December 26th, Wenceslas saw a poor man gathering firewood in the snow. He decided to help him and asked his page to follow him with some food and wine. As they walked, the page complained that it was too cold and that he could not see the way. And Wenceslas told him to walk in his footsteps, and miraculously, the snow melted where he stepped, and the page felt warm. They reached the poor man's hut and gave him food and wine and blessed him in the name of Christ. Wenceslas was beloved by his people, but hated by his brother Boleslas, who was jealous of his power and popularity. Boleslas conspired with some of the pagan nobles to kill Wenceslas and invited him to a feast in his castle. On September 28th, in either 929 or maybe 935, Wenceslas went to the feast, and on his way to the church, he was attacked by Boleslas and his men. Wenceslas fought back, but was overpowered and stabbed to death. His last words, supposedly, were, Brother, may God forgive you. Wenceslas was buried in the church of St. Vitus in Prague, where his tomb became a place of pilgrimage. He was soon recognized as a martyr and a saint, and was declared the patron saint of Bohemia and the Czech people. He is also honored as one of the patrons of Europe, along with St. Benedict, St. Cyril, St. Methodius, and St. Bridget of Sweden. Wenceslas was a giant of the faith because he showed us how to be a Christian leader in a world of conflict and temptation. He was faithful to God, loyal to his people, and generous to the poor. He was courageous in the face of danger and forgiving in the face of betrayal. He was a good king and a good man. And that's it for this Christmas episode. I hope you've learned something new about these two men whose lives and legends live on every Christmas. Until next time, God bless and Merry Christmas. Bring me flesh.